1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic are mourning the loss of another legend With Stevie Chalmers passing away As the title moves ever closer for the current crop Rangers make it four wins in a row After seeing off Aberdeen Second isn't enough though According to the manager And it looks like St Mirren and Hamilton Will go head to head to avoid the dreaded relegation playoff I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. Stevie Chalmers scored the most important goal In Celtic's 131 year history His name is Chiselled in stone in the club's folklore And yet Stevie was the most unassuming man you could ever wish to meet Some of the Lisbon Lions you would hear before you saw them Yes you could Bertie But Stevie was the quiet man He's let his goals do his talking And now the scorer of the greatest goal Has gone before we even had the chance to say the final farewell To Celtic's greatest captain Billy McNeil Celtic tonight A wash with sorrow yeah, an important weekend for football, Gordon. Uh, Celtic winning against Kilmarnock Rangers, cantering yesterday, but all the drama really was on Saturday. Dundee looked to be gone to me. Hamilton and St Mirren nicking a point at the dying seconds, two and throwing, and then Partick Thistle almost uh, secured theirs as well, which is absolutely great mm. for them. Yeah, Hugh, we now know where we lie again at the top. So Celtic need a point at Pitodri on Saturday yep. uh, to win the title. Again, if not, Rangers have their chance to keep up a bit of pressure And then we would find out if it was to roll on to the meeting at Ibrook So again, big week ahead But not only at the top, as Alex mentions You look at the bottom, the drama at the weekend As Hamilton take a two-goal lead and chuck it away And Dundee are throwing leads away all over the place And St Mirren equalise late on It was uh, quite dramatic, to say the, the least At the top, difficult for the Celtic players Who are not playing well at all but difficult for them to rotate between football and funerals because Big Billy's funeral will take place on Friday and then Celtic have that lunchtime kick-off at Aberdeen. But they have to uphold uh, the memory of the, the great names Billy McNeil and Stevie Chalmers who have gone in recent days. At the bottom, well, too exciting for words really. Uh, Dundee, I maintain, have gone. There's no miracle available for them. So it's all down to Hamilton or St Mirren And at this distance, Alec Oh, it's hard to call, isn't it? Yeah Go on, give us one <laughs> St Mirren for the playoffs, there you are well, Alex, you agree? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be St Mirren as well, Hugh, yeah uh, What about at the top then? Rangers obviously impressive again Yesterday and we will get on to that later on In fact after the next break we will hear from Stephen Gerrard yep. We'll look at that game in a bit more detail But generally just to kick us off How are you assessing the picture at the top? Yeah well I think it's uh, as you said I think it's just a matter of time before Celtic go over the line Gordon But they are stuttering at the moment You know they're just nicking results Not convincing but at the end of the day At this stage it's about three points uh, I've seen the Rangers match yesterday Really really impressed by some of the performances You know the consistency now They seem to be getting a bit better Little too late really But the, the, the important thing for Rangers Gordon Is that they had to respond to the Old Firm defeat They've got four wins in the bounce 
Uh, they've got 11 goals there I think it's one goal So they've actually come back quite strong So they'll be wanting to do that with these last three games Okay, the number you need tonight is 01419511025 As always, we are on Twitter at ClydeSSB So get your calls in nice and early Let us know what is on your mind We're going to hear from Jim Craig He says it's been a tough week with the death of Stevie Chalmers Coming just days after that of Billy McNeil He's paid tribute to his former teammate as a great man And a great player well, it's been a tough week, <laughs> to be quite honest, you know. And um, uh, I mean, we knew that both Billy and Stevie were seriously ill with uh, respective dementias, um, but it still comes as a bit of a shock, uh, particularly when the, both deaths were within a few days of each other. Steve was a really good guy, you know. I mean, it was when I um, arrived at Celtic Park, uh, he was very helpful to me, as was Billy. And um, I'll always be grateful to the two of them for uh, making my transition into uh, professional football quite so easy. An essential member of the group, always a hard, hard worker, grafted away wherever you played him, whether it was on the wing or whether it was through the middle. He always put a real shift in for the jersey and you could always rely on him when you were you know, looking for a pass, Stevie would be available for it. That's what you want in a teammate, you know, availability and hard work. And uh, he certainly lived up to those two attributes. I've got to play um, tribute to him. He was a really good teammate and a very nice guy. And um, my thoughts just now are with Sadie and the family. And uh, I sincerely hope that God gives them the strength to cope with uh, the next few days. I saw a newspaper advert yesterday for an evening with Harry Redknapp in the Royal Albert Hall, if you please, Alec. Yes. And I thought to myself today when I heard the sad news about Stevie, Stevie Chalmers scored the most important goal in 131 years of Celtic history The goal that made Celtic the first British club ever to win the European Cup He scored for Scotland against Brazil How many Scotland internationals will ever get the chance to say that? I scored against Brazil With Pele on the other side If the Royal Albert Hall was available then for Stevie Chalmers He could have filled it But he wasn't a man to talk about himself he was a man who liked to do his very best for Celtic. He was steeped in the club. He came from the Gad as we know it, in Glasgow, oh. where Celtic is in the DNA, Alec. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just adored playing for Celtic. And he was part of Jockstein's Celtic. Now, he didn't last in big Jock's team if he couldn't play. So he made his contribution, did his job. But Stevie, unassuming, when it was all over, and players in those days, whether it was... Billy or Jimmy Johnson or Bertie or Tam Gemmell or whoever they weren't on life changing money so Stevie went to work for Celtic Pools you know the man who won the European Cup went to work for Celtic Pools but that was fine because he could play his golf yep. he, he had Sadie he had the six kids uh, so he liked his golf you, didn't he he loved his golf well, didn't they, he was... they say that Stevie could have been pro yeah. you know, he, he was so good I was talking to a friend today Gordon who was a, a member of his golf Club and I think he was down about one handicap, which is a phenomenal uh, golfer. And uh, he was saying how unassuming he was, how approachable he was, and he must have got he, he asked the question, "What was it like to score the goal?" Talk me through it a yeah. million times, and he says yeah. he always had time for people. And I didn't know Stevie, but uh, my mate did through the uh, through the golf, and I thought that's absolutely amazing that you have the time. To just relay these stories It's amazing Now of course you The scorer of many Many other goals as well But sure. there's, there's an An unavoidability About that one And I think perhaps Maybe for, for, for younger fans It obviously is a, a Different day The European football landscape Very different To just sit and think For a moment About how big a goal 
that is Imagine a Scot doing that for a Scottish team Just incredible achievement Yeah, I mean It had never been done by a British team Never mind a Scottish team uh, And it was Inter Milan who were the the, the gods of the day uh, And Celtic went over there And Stevie If you'd asked Stevie 20 years later What he did for a living that, You know You need to chisel it out of him uh, You know He he did his job uh, And That was his Greatest moment And You know The Celtic supporters are, they, they are Full of sorrow tonight And it's a mm. terrible time For the club In general uh, But These 11 guys have this wonderful knowledge that they will live on in perpetuity. They will literally never be forgotten. For as long as there is a Celtic, these 11 guys will be the most famous 11 men ever to wear Celtic shirt. 01419511025, that's the number you need tonight. Tony is first up in Bridgeton. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hi, Tony. What's on your mind tonight? Well, first of all, I'd like to say... Here's it to the panel and Hi, Tony. pass my condolences on to the, the Manuel and Chalmers uh, families. Yep, my, well said, my Tony. Point, uh, my main point is we were talking about retiring at number five. Well, after what I saw on Saturday, that was big bully McNeil telling us, no, we keep the number five. Because we, we scored that goal in 67 minutes. And the chap that scored it, we're in the number five. And I think we've got to keep that. We keep that strip. And then people will want to wear that number five. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you, Tony. Uh, I'm not for retiring that shirt at all. I think it should stand uh, as memory of Billy McNeil and be an inspiration to others who come along. Imagine wearing Billy McNeil's number five jersey. So let it stand there as a target for people who who want to play for Celtic and want to wear that iconic number and then accept the pressure that comes with it, that uh, you, you can't let the number down. So I think that Celtic have paid due tribute to Billy because that magnificent statue outside the ground, you don't get that outside a football ground unless you are a truly iconic figure at a club. Uh, Tony, I don't know how old you are. Do you have memories of Stevie Chalmers playing in his prime? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm seventy. I was seventy in September. My my older brother and my uncle was both in Lisbon. You know, so I, I grew up with that, that team, more or less. Because I only stayed at that time. I stayed about five minutes away from Celtic Park, and the old tenement in Barrowfield Street. Yeah, I remember it well. Is this? Is this the one that lifted her? Or, yeah, got lucky there. <laughs> the good old days, crawled, Tony. <laughs> like, you crawled under the turnstile. You know, if you're lucky, that was it. Well, that's why I yeah. say that, you know, the, the, the Lisbon Lions, I mean, I think from memory, they were on about £24 a week wow. when they won the European Cup. You know, uh, yes, they were getting something more than the ordinary working man and woman in the street, but no life changing money. Uh, thereafter, they carved out their own careers uh, And as I say Stevie was a man Humble enough To say Yeah I've got a job in Celtic Pools That'll do me And he did it for a long number of years And he did it very well And he dedicated himself mm. To that job 
as he had dedicated himself to football. What about your your personal experiences? You've you've obviously been speaking at length about Billy McNeil, but you have mentioned on a few occasions that that Stevie Chalmers was just a a, a quieter figure, a more unassuming figure. Did you have any particular dealings, any particular memories that stick out for you? You know, I uh, one night had the 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 job of hosting a dinner in the city chambers in Glasgow for the Lisbon Lions, and. We were in the hospitality room beforehand and mercifully all of the Lions were alive at that time and all of their partners, wives were there uh, and it got a bit chaotic <laughs> <laughs> and we Jimmy left and I said, well, where's, where's, where's Jinky, where'd he go? And Bobby Murdoch, God rest his soul, said, I'll go and get him Huey. So he went away, he never come back either. So Bertie then said, Huey also I said no 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 no. Nobody's sorting this out I could hear Big Billy at the back saying Huey sort this And I went down and found Billy Eh not Billy um, Jinky Jinky and uh, Bobby Murder Entertaining everyone Who had paid good money to come and be entertained Later on after I'd announced them But Stevie Stevie was sitting there with Sadie And I don't think Stevie even up amid all the commotion to see what was going on Stevie was a very quiet family man the rest as I said on the night of Billy's passing could be magnificent rascals but <laughs> but Stevie Stevie was the, the sedate figure among them all takes one to know one though I'm, oh. I'm thinking your part in that oh. night has maybe been airbrushed a little bit um, interesting that you mentioned family man Hugh because I've been thinking a bit more over the last couple of days and I saw a tweet today from the also with the same name Stevie Chalmers And yes. the tweet says Not the player Not the goals Not the medals Not the trophies Just my papa And it's a picture Of the Stevie Chalmers And yes. the, the younger version His grandson And perhaps That's the side of it that, that gets lost a little bit It's great that the football family Can all come together yes. um, But there's a there's a direct family involvement there as well Football hijacks death Supporters And they Make Idols of people like Stevie Supporters get involved The club gets involved Billy's funeral on Friday The cortege will go past Celtic Park It's about that relationship But Billy Was about Liz and the family Stevie Was about Sadie and the family And Sadie hasn't lost a Lisbon lion She's lost her husband And Liz McNeil didn't lose the greatest ever captain She lost her husband And sometimes you have to Keep that In your mind And remember that Yes they are iconic figures And they will never ever be forgotten But To their families They were Dad Papa 01419511025 That is the number you need We are also on Twitter remember uh, At Clyde SSB I was about to speak to John He appears to have di- I think he's disappeared We've got him back John how are you? What's your point tonight? Hello Hi John we've got you It's actually Andy here Oh Andy I don't know where they got no. that name John But it doesn't matter Me either On you go uh, First of all My condolences to Stevie's family uh, He was my hero when I grew up and you know, Stevie, he'd run all day for you, run all night for you. I've got to laugh at the players nowadays who are tired after a game on a Monday and a Friday and a Saturday and everything else. Stevie played continually for about two and a half seasons. And 
the semi-final European Cup. He was up front himself. He ran every blade of grass that day. Then three days later, he was playing in the cup final and did the same again. No, there will never be people like these people again. You know, Stevie's goal-scoring record, as Hugh was mentioning there, of course, the European Cup winner's medal. The goal he scored against Brazil, Pele and all. I've observed seen that that Saturday night. Yeah. Do you know that Stevie scored twice five goals in a game? He did that twice for Celtic. Uh-huh. He scored a hat-trick against Rangers, scored in the cup final against Rangers. My God, what a record Stevie mm-hmm. had. And, you know, young people, young players today should look at him as an example. What a player. Yeah, that's a nice tribute, Andy. And, of course, you... A remarkable story from from childhood to to becoming this yeah. figure as well. Uh, I mean, he had a life threatening illness. He had uh, tuberculosis meningitis, from which people at that time did not recover. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think it was made known to the family that Stevie might not recover, uh, but he pulled through with the the help of terrific medical attention, uh, and also. In that time it was possible As Stevie did He he played for Ashfield Juniors And you could go then From junior football Straight to Celtic Park Uh, So it was a remarkable story It started With a life-threatening Illness which he overcame It ends in this Curse of a disease Dementia And I think if Anything comes of Billy's death and Stevie's death It should be that football Seriously starts to examine the connection between the heading of the ball and dementia Because the game that Billy loved and Stevie loved may have been the game that has taken their lives Andy, thank you very much, that was another nice tribute on the phones It was an incident-packed game at Ibrox yesterday Rangers winning again, deservedly so We're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard after the travel with Amber Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here, so give us a call or send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Jim McLaughlin has done just that. He's paying tribute to Stevie Chalmers as well, but he's a Partick Thistle fan. And he says, as a non-Celtic fan, I remember Stevie scoring in a draw against a great Brazil team. Then when he signed for the Jags in 72, as a young teenager, I was really excited. His career was coming to an end But I remember him giving 100% for us Lots of nice tributes coming in on Twitter Let's look at the football from this weekend though If you have any thoughts on yesterday's Rangers-Aberdeen game Get them to us 01419511025 Stephen Gerrard says he's surprised It took two penalties for them to beat Aberdeen Because they were so dominant from open play He says they didn't make the same mistakes They have done against the Dons earlier in the season And that they've had a great month overall yeah, very happy. I thought the overall performance today was very strong. I thought we defended very well. We wasn't guilty of any stupid mistakes or turnovers to gift Aberdeen a lead in the game, which we have done and been guilty of previous. So, very happy out of possession and in possession today. I thought we were we were excellent. I was a little bit frustrated at half-time that we never had the breakthrough, uh, but that was down to Joe Lewis. I thought he made two or three world-class stops. But I had belief and confidence that the boys would stay with it. And... Um, you know, eventually the, the breakthrough came. And consistency is obviously the word that's come up a lot of times because we've we fell short in the cups and and also in the league. There's been signs of progress, but we need to continue to to grow and uh, improve. I'm very happy with the last four performances. 
There's only one change in, in the 11 today. People are working hard to keep the shirt and that makes my job easier. We've been guilty at times against Aberdeen when it's not really working. Getting frustrated and going off plan and going off the all the hard work we've done in training. But today the lads were, were patient, they stayed with it, they believed in it. But they deserve the credit for, for going to carry it out. I mean, we've played so well in open play, I'm surprised it took two penalties to win the game. But the keeper's been uh, magnificent today. Um, the second penalty's a bit soft. Probably, probably not a penalty, and I hope the kid gets the yellow card overturned. But the first one's a penalty because he stands on his foot. Now, after securing second place, Stephen Gerrard says it is progress, but it's not enough. He says there are things they need to improve on, and that Lee Wallace earned his appearance after a good week at the club. No, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's progress, and I, as I said in the media the last couple of weeks, um, I know the club's moving forward in, in certain areas, and, and we're improving, and um, we're looking stronger. But there's still a lot of work to do and a lot of improving to do. We need more quality to help us, help the eleven, help the squad. You know, we need to continue to improve our discipline and um, our injury record. And if we make them three three things happen, more discipline, less injuries and a bit more quality, I'm confident we can be more competitive next year. That's good. Pleased with the reception that we've all got there. Yeah, well Lee deserved his spot in the eighteen. He's had one of his strongest weeks training-wise, and um, he got 45 minutes against Liverpool under-23s and was outstanding. So he was in on merit today, and I think it's important people don't think it's anything to do with sentiment. Progress, but not enough. That's the verdict of the manager, Stephen Gerrard. But what do you think? 0141 951 1025. Well, we played four games, scored 11 goals. They are approaching the end of the season, playing fluent football, confident football, and they must be kicking themselves. Because they've made so many mistakes along the way this season Stephen Gerrard touched on it there Quality hasn't always been there Consistency hasn't always been there Discipline has been a letdown In particular Alfredo Morelos Uh, And they must be kicking themselves Because they could have been even closer to Celtic Than they are Yeah I totally agree I thought it was interesting Listening to Stephen Gerrard there He says there's been aspects (coughs) Haven't seen the game yesterday And several of the other Aberdeen games There was a Lack of patience With Rangers They were getting frustrated They were getting embroiled In tactics That they shouldn't get embroiled with Aberdeen getting sucked in Hence the reason why Morelos got sent off Several times I didn't see that yesterday I seen a team that were actually There to play I think the Morelos Situation's actually helped him In some ways Hughes Because oh. you've actually brought in A player like Defoe He's now up to speed He's shown some of his movement yesterday was absolutely unbelievable, Hugh. See the amount of times you, you talk about these uh, centre-halves, Considine and McKenna, good players, mm. but he's terrorising them with a movement. He was coming short, he was drifting in behind. And I have to say uh, about Joe Lewis, I've watched him over the last couple of years, Gordon. For me, he's one of the best keepers in this division. I think he's got another year left. Now, I don't know how Alan McGregor's situation or Craig Gordon and things, but he must be... And the radar of Rangers and Celtic Because oh. he's class 01419511025 Chris is in Les Mahego Hi Chris How you doing guys? Not too bad Chris What's your point tonight? I was hoping to speak to Alec please If that was alright Yeah right. he's listening Alec I just wanted to speak about James Tavernier yeah. um, I'm absolutely amazed that He's not getting talked up enough That he's even in the running For the, the, the players player of the year For the, for the country And I, I believe half of that's if he, if he was called Jimmy McTavin yeah, He'd probably be in it If he didn't play for Rangers He'd probably be in it His stats are phenomenal Absolutely phenomenal He's an absolute machine 55 games 25 assists 17 goals Granted Some of them are penalties But The majority of players Across the board Would, 
would love to have five, six penalties to their name every year. His stats are phenomenal. Um, Mr. Consistent. I understand that everybody's going to say the defensive frailties, but I believe this has just become a wee bit of a hoodoo now, and, and as people are looking to say that. Um, I spoke to one of my, my friends about this, or a guy sitting in front of him on uh, Sunday, and he was, he was barking at Tav to go and sort out McKenna and um, was, cause the Considine that play defence for Aberdeen, get up the park and have a yap at them because they were, they were having a go at the floor. The, the, the game's moved on now. You, you lead by example by, by your performances. The guy's hardly ever booked. You never see him whinging and moaning. He doesn't hide for the games. I'd love to see stats with regards to old firm games as well because even in the games that we have been beaten in the last three or four years, I think Tav's probably been a contributor to, to us even getting a goal in the games. I, I, just think that it's, I just think it's unbelievable that the guy's not talked up enough. And I think that the rest of them, see your Arfield, Jack, Kent, Candace, if they were as consistent as what Tav was over the course of this full season, we'd be in a better place. We'd be closer to Celtic. This imaginary gap that everybody goes on about, it, it, it does my head in. Nobody spoke about a gap through nine in a row. It was just one team was better than the other, and that's the way it was. And if we finish this season nine points adrift or 12 points adrift, to me that's a, a, a bad reflection on what the, the, the gap is in vertical commas. Um, there are very thin margins of winning and losing this season, and I think you all know what I'm talking about with that. We're, we're living in the thin margins, and I think it was recently if it Celtic scored their 93rd minute goals, that's how you win a title when Rangers have ended up with nothing eat each draws or one each draws that's just the fine margins that I'm talking about that we're living in but as I say just talking about Tav um, I, I, I just I can't believe that he doesn't get spoke up enough and I think the Rangers fans are needing to realise what you've got because if say Tav leaves at the end of the season how much is it to cost to actually get somebody that would achieve the same level of stats as what Tav does I think I think you're right, Chris. I think you're absolutely right in terms of. Uh, I think there was a couple of sniffs in January. There was a couple of Premier League teams uh, were kind of sniffing round about him. Um, if you look at his attributes, he's one of these guys that bombs forward. This year's a remarkable sixteen goals. I'm not exactly sure of the assists, but there's been a hell of a lot as well, which is magic. Going uh, back to his his frailties, he can defend occasionally on. At times better Even going back to the opening game of the season Where he never picked up the runner For there And it's these fine margins But I think over the piece I'd, I'd, I actually don't think he's as bad a defender As people actually make mm-hmm. out I think occasionally he gets turned over But who doesn't get turned over You know you see that time after time See, see the modern day game You look at the Walker at, at Man City And I seen uh, Robertson A few weeks ago at Liverpool Totally caught floundering up the, up the park And caught out of position that's the mod- see the modern fullback. He's not expected to just be a hatchet man and stone it right back and lump balls up up the park. And I, I was wanting to, wanting to speak about Aberdeen as well, if you if you don't mind. Um, yeah, let's obviously. let's carry on with Tavernier because you, you raised some good points, Chris. Well, I'll let you back in. Um, I mean, so reliable from the penalty yeah. spot, Alex. That obviously boosts the the stats. But listen, you need you need somebody to be there yeah. and, and be that reliable. Uh, the thing is, why 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 has he not been part of a Player of the Year discussion then That's Chris's question I think the nominees Will be revealed on Wednesday I just think The ones that are actually Already in there Gordon are, are ahead of them If you look at McGregor First uh, Callum McGregor uh, James Forrest Morelos for me With the goals And I'm trying to think Of the other one Who you know Is four isn't it mm-hmm. On the basis that we don't know Who the nominees are How do we know he's not there That's true Very true On Wednesday he may well be In yeah. that list 
Uh, I mean, I think I'd be surprised if he was on it. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I think yeah, he's had I a really good year. Sixteen goals for a fullback. I, remarkable. I assist. agree, and he, and he he does have defensive deficiencies as well, as any Rangers supporter can see. Uh, obviously, Chris is talking him up. Chris thinks he's the bee's knees, and that's fine. Chris goes and sees Rangers all the time, uh, but in terms of his positioning in the the, the list of nominees. It could be that Rangers finish the season again without a trophy. Uh, you know, so. Yeah, but it's an individual award, isn't it? So that shouldn't have to go against you. I mean, you can rhyme them all off. Michael Higdon was Higdon, the best yeah. player in the country and, and played for Motherwell at the time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, clearly Tavernier is a mm. particular favourite of Chris's. But Alex just named two Rangers players who come before him on the list. Uh, just talking. Chris also mentioned the you know the, the the question about progress and gaps and all the rest of it. I think Chris referred to it as an, an imaginary gap, Hugh Evans. I, well, I saw your eyebrows raise at that point. I well, take it you disagree. You know that the, there has been a gap. It is shortening. I think that's fair to say, uh, and it depends what both clubs do in the summertime, where that situation goes. But nine points as things stand is not imaginary or illusory. It's nine points. With very few games to play, so yes, there is a gap. Chris, we wanted to talk about Aberdeen. It was just to talk about the, the two semi finals. My, my biggest disappointments for the, the full season have been the, the, the two Aberdeen semi finals. I, I don't miss a game um, wherever I am in the world. It's not on my iPad, it's on my phone. I watch Rangers aiming away every, every chance that I can possibly get. And I'd like to think I know what I'm talking about when it comes to Aberdeen as well. It's really hurt me that we've get beat with him as many times this season. They're absolutely garbage. And the fact that we've been beat three times is stung. It's actually been the hardest things that I've had to swallow this season. Yesterday as well, uh, the big boy that plays up front for them, Cosgrove. Is Cosgrove. it Cosgrove? Mm-hmm. Right? Cosgrove, yeah. 20 goals he's got as well. Chris. Honestly, he's built, <laughs> he's, built like, he's built like an absolute unit. He's about six foot four built like a unit he's an athlete the boy see yesterday his tactics were clear you've got the keeper who's time wasting after five minutes five minutes he's time wasting into the game Cosgrove's going down with the slightest TV touches this guy it would take some force to knock this guy he's built like a unit he's going down and I've watched this all season their tactics the way they play and I understand it's all about getting the points on the board I appreciate that but see, and beat me a team like that, that's, that's what's hurt me this season more than any at all. If, if we don't do two semi-finals where him has gutted me... Chris, if they are garbage, to use your word, garbage, is it not embarrassing to have won only two of seven games against them this season? But that, but that I've, I've just stated the point about how much that's hurt me to get to get beat with a team like that. It's, it's hard to swallow that, to sit yeah, there and go... I, I understand your hurt... However, don't you look at your own team and say, if they're garbage, why have Rangers failed to beat them on five yeah, of seven occasions? Sure, I've, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm part of a, a, a group, um, and we talk about the football to the cows come home, and I've, I've spoken about this and it exasperated it. Um, you, you wouldn't believe um, about their own team and how we should have been breaking them down and scoring and that. But see, the more I've watched it as the season's went on, as I say, I sat there yesterday, and two two penalties totally flattered Aberdeen. Um, again, talking about Tavernier, he scored a cracking goal that was slightly offside. It was a well worked team goal that he chipped out of the keeper at the end, and it ended up in the net. It was a cracking goal. Um, 
they're they're absolutely rotten to watch. Rotten. Their tactics, their feigning injury and time wasting and everything that everything they're built around is to get up to thirty five yards for goal, to get a lumped in bottom of the box. And I'm so glad that we dodged a bullet and never got Derek McInnes because that's what, what we'd end up like as well. Okay, thank you to Chris and Les Mahego. 01419511025. Jeffrey's on the line in Giffnock and he wants to talk about Derek McInnes' comments after the game. So let's play them and then we'll get to Jeffrey. Both penalties were very harsh on us. I think the first one, I can understand why the referees gave it. Um, but Lewis should maybe go down. I think Defoe's filled him in the build up to it. Maybe should go down. He's been too honest. He's then knocked a bit off balance and he's put his foot onto the Rangers player's uh, foot and the Rangers player has made sure he got the penalty and went down. The second penalty kick, I can't even, words fail me how that can be given. Um, it's a terrible decision and it's a huge impact on the end result. The Rangers were good in spells and they're a good side and you can see they're playing a bit of confidence but I do felt that for a lot of the game we were, um, um, we were fine in it and we were obviously still looking to try and pick and choose our moments but there's no doubt the second goal effectively kills the game I was going to do it to 10 men you know I thought that the, the reaction from the Rangers player was bad enough but for the referee to have been kidded by that really and give the penalty is, uh, is really disappointing because um, it, 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 then on I knew as well putting the like suit and the game is over Jeffrey, we're a bit short on time but give us your thoughts then on those comments right well first of all um, the first yellow card that the player got was a wee bit soft because they both went in for it and the second point is that the second penalty if you've got a flailing arm and you hit the player it's a penalty I mean you can see it in the back of one of the papers today the way the arm went over the uh, catcher's head I mean to say that the player went down dramatically he might have done but if you've got a flailing hand in a penalty Sometimes they're given Sometimes they're not given But to To see Katic um, Sort of cheated um, It's not It's not right I mean It's always the same With Aberdeen When things go against them It's always the Rangers players That get it but Jeffrey How do you respond to Stephen Gerrard saying It probably wasn't a penalty well, I, th- I think it was a penalty uh, yes, I, yes But I asked you How do you respond to Steven Gerrard saying he didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey, he wa- he says he you know he hopes Andy Considine gets the yellow card overturned. That can't happen, by the way. But that that was the sentiment that he he put across. Yeah, but can I just say something to you? Sure. I mean, um, I don't honestly think it was a penalty, but I don't think it was a yellow card. I don't think it was a yellow card because um, I watched it this afternoon because I was at the game yesterday, um, but. You see things differently on TV when you slow it down and you watch it. I mean, he did make contact. But mm. as I say, sometimes they're given, sometimes they're not given. It's consistency with with referees. But I maintain, I don't think it was a, 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 a sending off. Yeah, I was... Uh... I was listening. The first one for me was a stonewaller. Uh, there was contact on, on, his, on his foot and uh, he got that one right. For me, there was... Slight contact on his head But I'm not sure it warranted him Rolling about in the manner way he did um, But for, for for the fact that he got contact I actually did think it was a penalty here That's what I said mm. to, to one of my pals today So Suppose uh, the thing to remember And not this is not just about this I'm talking generally Because Jeffrey's kind of said you know, If you catch someone with your arm It's a penalty That, that, that isn't 
that's not actually the the case. You know, there needs to no. be a, a level of contact just because there is contact doesn't yeah. mean it's a penalty. Yeah, I I just felt as if because he actually had a nibble up and initially caught him round about the chest mm. and then caught him on the head. It's quite uh, unusual, isn't it? Because we don't see too many, especially nowadays with the way the climate is. We don't see many managers saying that a penalty their team got shouldn't have been a penalty. Yeah, no. Listen, I think that's one of the things about Stephen Gerrard. He does come out and he, he calls it as he sees it. He doesn't try and sugarcoat it, and uh, I think that's quite refreshing. Thank you, Jeffrey and Giffnock. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here. It's 01419511025 to give us a call. And on Twitter, we are at Clyde SSB. What did you make of the Edinburgh Derby yesterday, Hugh Evans? Yeah. I've not really touched on that one. I thought Hibs sold themselves well short. They were by far the better side. Mark McNulty's penalty. Dear me. Uh, that could have put them uh, one up, and then Christoph Berra's own goal was only what Hibs were due. But Ike Pietzer, what <laughs> he's a, your favourite. He's always a, been your favourite since day one of the season. A, what a monster this fella is! He, I mean, bang average, you. Well, I know he's bang average, but try keeping him under control, and mm. uh, you know Hibs struggled to do so. Uh, and he, he took his goal well in fairness to him But it was daylight robbery Hibs should have won the match convincingly But hearts hung in there And in Ikpiatsu I do understand where Alex's coming from That you know sometimes his second touch is a header And all the rest of it <laughs> If he's lucky <laughs> <laughs> But but it's so hard Effective. to try to keep under control yeah. Effective uh, Anthony's on Twitter Wants to know what you make of the Defoe on Joe Lewis incident That's not one that came up Very peculiar uh, I, I thought it was naughty Nasty uh, I, I couldn't for the life of me see the need for it So what, a, a booking then? Or, or a red in itself? Or um, just a booking? I'm, I'm torn I would say a yellow But you know, to, to overlook it altogether is peculiar mm. Alex Yeah I think it was unnecessary I don't know Murray was putting his hand up to To block him Because there was obviously A coming together Going to happen Gordon But The coming together Resulted in a match of catching him Around about the face area So um, I don't know whether he was trying to protect himself But if there was a yellow card given for it I don't think there would have been any qualms But you, what, what I think he was Was he booked Not long after yes. That's what That's what the, yeah. the, the, the That's what the about. bigger picture yeah. is Isn't it really Well the thing is It's interesting because When you have a It's like you can You can look back in a game Hugh and go But if he'd get booked In the 15 minute He'd get sent off In the 60th minute Or yeah. whatever it may well yeah. have been That's not necessarily the case Because people Alter mm. their approach to you things know, then Again, you could have differing opinions on whether it was a yellow card or even a red card defence. All I can say is that, for me, I just did not see the need for it. I did not see the need for his hand to be near the goalkeeper's face at all. 0141-951-1025. That's the number Stephen in Parkhead has dialed. Hi, Stephen. Hi, boys. How you doing? Hi, Stephen. Uh, I've got two points. The first one is for you. How you doing, pal? All right, Stephen. Very well, thank you. Uh, it's just about uh, the Celtic Rangers going for the title. I know Celtic have gone in the bag this season, but uh, I'm Celtic mad. But I think uh, next season, uh, the next two seasons, I'm not. I don't think of any more trebles. But I think that uh, Gerard. Uh, I know you wouldn't expect this come for a Celtic supporter, but I think Stephen Gerard is doing a really good job at Rangers. I agree. Because at the end of the day, he took us to three days, three games. By the end of the season To win league You know Normally we wrapped up At, at Christmas 
you know. Yeah. And uh, I was also thinking the contacts that Gerard has got through his lifetime of playing football, you know, he'll be able to get a lot of players maybe for Liverpool on loan and things like that. And I think if Celtic don't get their act together this summer, signing, because we've got a lot of players on loan, they're going to begin back to their parent clubs, things like that. There's a big, big pressure on Celtic to understand what's going on here. The team at the moment, for me, is seriously jaded. They are as flat as can be. They've scored one goal in their last three games, and that was scored by a centre back. Many players are going back to parent clubs. Many are surplus to requirements. If anybody can take them off Celtic's hands, they'll be allowed to go. Uh, and there is a very real need for quality to be brought in. If the Celtic supporters are to achieve the Holy Grail, which is nine in a row for a second time, followed by ten in a row for the first time ever in Scottish football history, then money is going to have to be spent because that side uh, has been fantastically consistent, has won seven trophies in a row so far, is looking to make it eight and then nine this season, but that side is crying out for fresh blood. I, I know where Stephen's coming from, obviously, Alex, but at yeah. the same time, the league... If, if we're being I don't mean to be pedantic But if we're being accurate about it The league isn't usually wrapped up by Christmas no. And it, the, 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 point, the points gap that it will Or possibly will be won by this season It's not going to be a million Miles away from previous seasons Certainly the gap between Celtic and Rangers Is, is closed But Celtic won it from Aberdeen What was it off the top of my head? Nine by points about, I think last year So, yeah. so similar So yeah. I, actually I know there's a lot of Doom and gloom And perhaps that, that is fair Because of individual performances And all the rest of it But in terms of that Measurable Aye, the actual gap points. that Celtic have. It's yeah, just... I think I think we always get caught up with the points, Gordon. I think that's what everybody looks yeah. to go. Well, it's nine points, and that's it. And we so don't, the, we, the problem we is, to... it's the only thing you can measure, isn't yeah. it? The rest is all subjective. Yeah, but, well, we absolutely. But the thing is, your eyes can tell you from last year to mm. this year. Yeah, but that, again, that's personal interpretation. Yeah, well, if you want to ask everybody in this, do do we think that Rangers have improved from last year to this year? My, I think. Oh, everybody says yeah, oh, absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. So it's about actually looking about. What you can actually see as well I, I was talking more about From Stephen's Celtic point of view I, That wasn't meant to be A slight on Rangers That was meant to be Stephen sort of Panicking that they're, they're, They've not won the league yet And yeah. I'm just saying that the, the It's not really the case If yeah. If Jozo Simonovic Hadn't scored that goal I think there would be A lot of Celtic supporters Very worried Because mm. that Took an awful lot of pressure off uh, Celtic need a point Now Aberdeen on Saturday is very, very important. They're playing an Aberdeen side, minus Shinny, minus McLennan, minus Considine due to suspension. Uh, but they have to go to Pataudry and get one point to take the pressure off themselves because if they don't win the game, if they don't draw the game, then it's Ibrooks. And perhaps... You're taking this to the last weekend of the season I'll tell you what, let's squeeze one more in Because we are fast approaching the news So thank you to Stephen Let's speak to Vlad and Darnley Hi Vlad Hi there What's on your mind tonight? Uh, it was just with respect to a point Mr Keevans made earlier uh, About uh, Mrs McNeil And uh, Mrs Chalmers losing partners Not the uh, football heroes mm -hmm. And with that respect In that respect uh, You have to admire the sacrifices they made out through their lifetime, uh, supporting their men, going to functions up and down the country. And without their support, they'd probably not been the, the men that they, they became. You know, um, just a wee anecdote 
a bem mais tarde chegámos e excuse me a sec e, um, e took me on a tour in Celtic Park when I was a pool's agent in the 80s and took me into the Celtic boardroom we seen the, the cops the gifts and all the rest of it and he proceeded to get me as drunk as a monkey according <laughs> to large measures of vodka and uh, a wee beer to wash it down son I says, ah, he says do you take anything in that I says, aye, but I'm not sure where I'm going to put it because there was no room for the lemonade. And uh, several of those refreshments later, he helped us into the seats in the main stand where uh, I managed to watch the game in 3D and double vision. <laughs> but what a gentleman he was. And it was a pleasure to meet him. Yeah, because Stevie himself wasn't a, a, a big imbiber, shall I say. Uh, but to go back to Vlad's original point, uh it is the case that when very famous footballers pass away, their deaths can be hijacked by, in the kindest possible way, by supporters and the, the, the clubs for whom they have played. And we sometimes lose sight of the fact that it is a father, a grandfather, somebody's uncle, etc., etc. But for us, we see them as men on a Saturday, a Sunday and a Wednesday night under floodlights or in broad daylight. Beat the pundit. With goals in the Scottish sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Thank you very much to Vlad in Darnley. It's time for Beat the Pundit though. Your chance to take on Hugh Evans or Alex Ray. Show off your footballing knowledge and walk away with a signed ball. If you fancy it tonight, you need to dial us quick. 01419511025. You only have until the news at 7. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to thompsons.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We kicked off paying tribute to Stevie Chalmers after he sadly passed away. We heard from Stephen Gerrard looking back not only on yesterday's game, uh, but on this season in general. He says, progress, yes, but it's not enough. And we're going to hear from Neil Lennon after Saturday's game. That's coming up next. The Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Always time to squeeze in some Beat the Pundit fun. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are ready. One of them is taking on Brian from Pollock. How are you tonight, Brian? I am fine, God night. Good stuff. Do you fancy your chances? Feeling confident? Been studying hard all weekend? Uh, no, no really been studying hard, but I'll, I'll, I'm happy to take my chances. Good, I like that. Don't mind it. Bit of optimism on the lines, Hugh. Yeah. Well, we're on a shocking run to lot yes. of this year. Yeah, the pundits are having an absolute mare, Brian. They need their summer holidays, I think. Uh, fatigue, burnout, all the rest of it. All yes. the usual cliches you hear about footballers at this no, time no, of the season. Just stupidity. Oh, well, listen, I'm glad you said it and not me. Heads, it's you that's playing. You've got to excuse him. <laughs> that's <laughs> Alex who was talking about. Uh, heads, it's Hugh. Tails, it is Alex. And it is heads. So Hugh Evans oh. was getting on a bit up against Brian from Pollock. Let me give Hugh some Clyde too and make sure he can't hear us. And then we'll get the clock up and running Brian, you've got 30 seconds Head to head, you can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit Are you ready? Yeah Let's do it Who scored a double for Rangers on Sunday? James Tavernier When Bertie Volks was the Scotland boss Which other German took the under-21s? Oh, pass Who was Celtic's number five before Jozo Simunovic? Uh, Virgil van Dijk Who is Aberdeen's chairman? Stuart Mill. 
What was the final score of Motherwell Dundee on Saturday? One each. What type of transportation appears on Clyde's badge? Uh, oh. And what is the name of Albion Rovers Stadium? Uh, Cliftonville. Uh, okay, let me bring Hugh Keevans back. Hugh, can you hear us? <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> he actually had wandered over to the other side of the studio for some unknown reason. Uh, so, you ready? Same set of questions to you? Yes, yes. All right, okay. Who scored a double for Rangers on Sunday? Tavernier. When Bertie Volks was the Scotland boss, which other German took the under 21s? Oh, pass. Who was Celtics number five before Jozo Simunovic? Van Dyke. Who is Aberdeen's chairman? Stuart Mill. What was the final score of Motherwell's match against Dundee on Saturday? 4 3 Motherwell. What type of transportation appears on Clyde's badge? Uh, a ship, a boat. What is the name of Albion Rovers Stadium? Clifton Hill. And finally, who are currently in 11th place in the Scottish Premiership? Quickly. That is uh, St Mirren. Okay. Brian, did I hear you realising some of the answers that you had got wrong as Hugh was going through his there? Bonhoff, as soon as I said pass, it came Ah, Rina Bonhoff, of course it was. Well, let's find out, Brian, just uh, how regretful you are. First question, who scored a double? A nice easy one, James Tavernier, one all. Uh, Second one, Rainer Bonhoff, it was the right answer. I think that's one of them that with a bit of time you get it, but when you're under the pressure, it goes out the window. So it's uh, one all after two questions. Who was Celtics number five before Shimonovic? It was Virgil van Dijk, two all. Stuart Milne is the chairman of Aberdeen 3 all. What was the final score of Mullerwell against Dundee? You were doing it a bit of a disservice, Brian It was 4-3 uh, no, I, I, I didn't have a clue So I just thought I'd go for something quick S- Seven goal thriller Fantastic action who was, who was there for us again? Dave Galloway He didn't know what was happening It was all over the place There were so many goals going in uh, It was hard to keep up with Transportation on Clyde's badge It is a ship I feel generous I gave Brian the point for a boat Which means you're still leaving uh, leading, I should say, by one. I'm not feeling that generous, though, Brian. It's Clifton Hill, not Cliftonville. So Aye. I'm afraid Hugh extends his lead and then he just rubs salt in the wounds. He got to the last question. St Mirren are in 11th. So he's done you by two, I think. Hard lines, Brian. Ah, well, experience counting. <laughs> <laughs> not, not bad for getting on a bit. <laughs> it's all right. Hugh, I'll let you away, but you went to the same school as me. Really? You did that. You were there at the same time as my dad and uncle. For heaven's <laughs> sake. Get at, at, when did I start there? 1962, I think I started there. There you go. I yep. said Tam's And then boy. Mark Guidi was there at the same time as my big cousin. I, I was at school with Mark Guidi's mother. There you are. There we go. There we are. It's, a, it's like, uh, wish you were... No, what is it? This is your life, I was going to say. Hugh Keevans going who, over who his... Who do you his, think you are? His family tree there. Thank you to Brian and Pollock. Hugh Keevans gets the victory on Beat the Pundit. What did you get in the end? One, two, three, four, five, six... Seven. Seven Yeah it's a good effort It's one of the better scores You've had recently Maybe the questions were easy oh. Anyway 0141 Damned by faint <laughs> We've already heard from Stephen Gerrard Looking back On yesterday's game Against Aberdeen Let's look at the actual football From Celtic Park on Saturday Because we've not done that yet um, What did you make of it Alex? Um it's pretty much what we've come to expect over the last few weeks If you exclude the Aberdeen game, Gordon I felt as if they were really flat, um, lethargic And they're just kind of looking for that odd bit of inspiration from someone And that came from a set play at the weekend But um, they are huffing and puffing at the moment But they always manage to get the result I think it's at seven wins and three draws under oh. Neil Lennon So they're still managing to get the job done But not really convincingly The fans are underwhelmed, let's be honest And they can tell us now if that's an incorrect statement, by all means call the number. But
But for me the fans are underwhelmed And considering the day it was Basically Billy McNeil day And the atmosphere prior to kickoff, Which should have been inspirational And not an intimidation The play in the first half in particular Was awful Oh, I thought very short and sweet I thought you were going to elaborate Let's hear from Neil Lennon He says Billy McNeil may have been looking down on them During the win on Saturday He says they were sloppy in the first half But was pleased with their showing in the second yeah, It's amazing really when you think about it And uh, perfect way to win the game I suppose Under the circumstances With everything that's gone on this week and, and today So Big Man might have been looking down on us Just we needed a goal So Josel who's been outstanding for me since I've come in I want my centre-halves to attack the ball more And he's doing that on a regular basis now So very, very pleased Pleased with the win Pleased with the second half There's a lot more purpose from us from the first half And it's a great three points Are you quite concerned at half-time? Because Galarik had created a few decent opportunities Yeah, through, you know, us being sloppy You know, and ill-disciplined defensively Not just the back four, but in midfield as well A little bit loose So we wanted that tidied up second half And um, it was a lot better and then we had more of an attacking intent, you know. Tom's very unlucky not to slip Odson in. But Kilmarnock, at 0-0 and at 1-0, it was a threat. Do you think any of that first-half performance maybe came down to nerves because of the occasion? No, I don't think so. We've been playing like that for a while, you know, and we are due to give somebody a good going over again pretty soon. And um, the sooner the better for Malik. But we've overcome a obstinate hurdle today and um, we're in a great position now in the league. William is a Celtic fan on the line. What do you make of your team at the moment, William? Hello, good evening, guys. How are you doing? Hi, I, uh, my condolences to the O'Neill family and the, the Chalmers family. Uh, the icons of the, the Celtic family. Uh, to talk about Celtic, uh, Celtic seem to be looking for... They seem to be looking for perfection uh, in terms of a manager. And when you look at the teams that are improving below Celtic, it's, to me... Uh, you're up against good t- good teams uh, week in week out, and I don't think uh, there's a problem with our play. I don't think we look as if we're going to lose a game. I just think we're just not scoring enough goals. Uh, as far as the manager's concerned, I've already said that Neil Lennon fits like a glove at Celtic, and the team's improving below Celtic. Uh, I think obviously it's going to get a lot harder in the next two seasons. I think with regard to Celtic looking for perfection Clubs as big as Celtic should be looking for perfection uh, They've got big things to do they're, they're glued to the history book Because the supporters want nine in a row for the second time And they want ten in a row for the first time ever by any club So they have to be seeking perfection I think you're letting them off rather lightly uh, Because the last three games One goal in three games And that was scored by a centre-back Neil Lennon there Said that Celtic were sloppy And that's correct And uh, you know Perhaps divine intervention was at work When number 5 scored the goal After 67 minutes But divine intervention won't come along All the time uh, There's a bit of work to be done In the final 3 games that Celtic have And I think the supporters I'll use the word again The supporters have been underwhelmed By what they've been looking at recently Yeah the play, uh, the, the, the fans that have come on have actually stated that Hugh You've got a couple of guys Over the course of the last couple of weeks Have actually said Neil Lennon fits like a glove And he's a Celtic man He has the passion and things But When you look at the actual performances You know They haven't been great There will be a massive turnaround of players Which will be Neil Lennon's uh, additions If they give him the job yeah. 
But I think this is a big dilemma for Celtic, you know, in the next four or five weeks. Uh, they've got to go to the May the 25th to contend with the Scottish Cup final. And then you have to then make that decision. And then the timescale, I keep referring to the timescale before the qualifiers, it may well become an issue. But the, the one good thing about Celtic's favour, Hugh, and we're saying there's people jaded, these these guys will get a rest. They'll get the batteries charged. But the mainstay, the ones that you want to keep are all tied down on long-term contracts, yeah. McGregor and Ayer and, Forrest. you know, Forrest, all these guys. Does this sort of shine a light, Hugh, on... The fact that it's actually impossible to stop thinking about Brendan Rodgers and what went before. People can say all, all they want that you know, you know we shouldn't look back, we should only look forward, but clearly no one is doing that because yeah. you imagine we were, we were starting at scratch and Celtic were nine points clear, uh-huh. about to wrap up the title and odds on, you would have to say, for a treble. This type of criticism would not be here. Correct. But it's because it's not as good as it has been. Yes. So that that isn't going to go away. I give... Neil Lennon tremendous credit for this When Brendan Rodgers left It was A traumatic blow to everyone Concerned, particularly the Celtic Supporters Neil Lennon at least brought stability To something that could have Wobbled under the seismic Shock of Brendan Rodgers Departure for Leicester And that stability has come in the form Of a run of matches In which there have been no defeats now you can't ask further than that No defeats It is the quality of the football That has been perplexing For the, the Celtic supporters I think Gordon To go back to your point When Brendan Rodgers was the manager The players felt a certainty And the supporters felt a certainty About what would happen If Celtic were going to play Kilmarnock at home As they did last Saturday There would have been a greater certainty there would have been a greater assurance about the players and their movement and all the rest of it. I think the players are still feeling the knock-on effect of Brendan Rodgers' departure. But I, again, credit Neil Lennon with maintaining stability. William Jones, come back in. Hi, I don't think you can have it both ways, Hugh. I don't think you can have it both ways where teams are improving below Celtic and Celtic uh, in your eyes... Uh, off, off colour. I don't. I don't think you can have it both both ways. I think if you look at the boy at Higgin, uh, Higginbottom, the Hibs, also uh, undefeated since he's came in. I think he, the praise that's going on. Uh, I know the expectation isn't the same as at Celtic than it is at Hibs, but for me, you can have it both ways. There's good managers in the league, and you've got to respect every opponent. And it's not as easy as everybody thinks that Celtic just turn up and expect the result. I accept that. I'll say two things to you. Paul Heckenbottom isn't undefeated. Celtic, your own team, beat them in the Scottish Cup. Apart from that. Uh-huh. And in the league. Uh, but I think we could have the caller, the very next caller, if he was a Celtic supporter, might say exactly the opposite from what William is saying. Uh, because... There's no doubt, I mean, I, I could hear on the television highlights last night, I could hear from the coverage that there was a fair amount of rumbling and grumbling going on at Celtic Park in that first half when Kilmarnock were toying with Celtic and but for Scott being in goal, might have taken a worrying lead. So I credit Neil Lennon with stability. The football, at times, 
is way below what the Celtic fans have become used to. Now, one of the big talking points was Scott Brown on Stephen O'Donnell. Stephen O'Donnell went down in the box. One of you thinks it was a penalty and one of you doesn't. And it might not be the way around that you're expecting. So, Alex Ray, you don't think it was a penalty? No, at the time, I felt as if there was minimal contact and I didn't think it worried, him, worried uh, O'Donnell going down in the manner what he did. Uh, I, I actually said at the time, I couldn't see the referee and I have seen them given... But for me, for him to go down in the manner what he did, I didn't think it was enough force. I think he's in the act of shooting at goal and he gets nudged in the back and falls down. It's a penalty. And Steve Clark believes it's a penalty. And I go back to my egg argument. As an old refereeing pal of mine used to say, there are hard-boiled eggs and soft-boiled eggs. They're still boiled eggs. 01419511025. That's the number Michael is on. Michael's in Canvas Lang. Hello, Michael. How you doing? Yeah, good, Michael. What's your take then on on your team's performances at the moment? Very, very poor to what I am used to. And I was on there last week, and I was saying that I wanted Neil Lennon out. But then when he said about the stats, uh, I changed my mind. But after that performance, watching the boys throw um, meaningless balls from their own half into the box of uh, their opponents in Kelly's half, which hoping that somebody would find something and put it into the back of that was just not good enough. And I think uh, they should definitely go out and find another manager, if not as good or better than better Rodgers, to get this or uh, get us over the road for ten in a row. Listen, the stats will be available, and they may well contradict this. They might. I'll hold my hands up. They might contradict it. But when we are standing here watching the game on Saturday, it certainly did feel whatever that means. Yep. It felt like Celtic were. Putting more hopeful crosses into the box than they usually do, didn't it? Absolutely. If you watch over the last few weeks, you the the problem Celtic have for me at the moment is they're they're trying to cross the ball from forty yards out, mm. and and they can't get the actual delivery in. And so when you're up against a defence like the weekend, you very rarely catch them out. It was only because it was a second wave where someone didn't pick up. And there was a bit more movement that Celtic got the goal, but. It seems as if Neil Lennon wants them, and it's two t- totally different philosophies, Gordon, because Neil wants them to get the ball in the box quicker, get more bodies in there, whereas Brendan was a lot more patient. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing that. But it still shouldn't, maybe we said this on the show at the weekend, yeah. it still shouldn't, uh, because it's two different philosophies, it shouldn't uh, stop the Celtic players from making penetrating mm. runs, which they seem to not be doing at the moment. There were two displays for me. Second half against Hibs at Easter Road in the Cup. Well, they played extremely well James Forrest and Scott Brown scored two terrific goals and the Aberdeen game no uh, first half against Rangers um, first half against Rangers yeah they dominated possession yeah they dominated possession but okay I'll give you that one okay three they would get the second half at Easter Road first half against Rangers and all of the Aberdeen game where they looked like the Brendan Rodgers team um, but at the moment, they've got three games left in this league and I'd be very interested to see the performance that they give at Pataudry at the weekend because it's a slightly depleted Aberdeen side. Celtic need one point for the title. You would expect them to summon up a performance worthy of getting the title rather than let this linger on any further. Michael, a couple of weeks ago, callers were phoning in, throwing all sorts of names in the, the into the frame for the Celtic job that sort of died down a little bit I think in the last couple of weeks but you said you don't want Neil Lennon so who do you want? <laughs> I want uh, 
Truthfully, I want uh, Celtic to go into that big bank account and go and find Josie Mourinho, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So, I don't know, Rafa down in Newcastle, maybe. No, listen, his contract's up this year. No, Rafa Benitez does nothing but fall out with Mike Ashley over money, and Mike Ashley has pots of the stuff. Uh, So, if Rafa Benitez was to go to Celtic Park, the first thing he would uh, require would be millions upon millions of pounds. Uh, to deal with in the transfer market And Celtic would be quite right to say This is Scotland We know that we are glued to the history book And we are obliged to go for 10 titles in a row But this is Scotland And we have to spend money that we can justify Because spending money you can't justify Takes you down a dangerous road So there'll be no Benitez There'll be no Mourinho Hugh, sorry to button See see in terms of uh, what Rafa Benitez would be on Would he not be on a similar salary at Newcastle To what Brendan was on up here? More I think yeah, it's more I, I would think Is it, it much yeah. more? I would, um, I would, I would hazard a guess it would be double No, it's not quite double I don't think Well, well I think they're or thereabouts but, but, but his salary, Alec, for me Is not the problem The problem would be that he would come in with the usual team of advisors and uh, he would say, right, well, first of all, we'll need 150 million. At which point, Celtic or any other Scottish club would be entitled to say, no, sorry, you're having a laugh. Uh, because this is Scotland. We have a very small amount of earnings to be gained from television deals and the like. Well, in England, they are rolling in money. The full-time teaser. That's when you send the question to us and usually it catches the pundits out. That's coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here. We're on the phones and we're on Twitter. Uh, Brendan, presumably not that one, uh, has tweeted yeah. in to say criticism is way over the top from spoiled Celtic fans. At no point did Kelly toy with us they played well they're a good side we are limping over the line at the minute but we'll win the treble MN7 is super confident it will capital letters no less it will be Benitez taking the Celtic job next season he's already had two meetings with Dermot Desmond and Moyes will take the Scotland job you heard it here first well I'll have half a crown that says that's rubbish (laughs) now you are showing your age I'd, I'd love I'd love to know how people know that Dermot Desmond, the the most reclusive man you'll ever find within the Scottish football, I'd love to know how what's his name there. How do you, how do you know his how, movements? How do you know that's not Dermot Desmond tweeting us anonymously? I'll have another half crown <laughs> on that. Anyway, it's time for the full time teaser. That's when you send the questions to us and the guys. Well, they try their best is that only a hard to one? come up with the yeah, answers. Is no, it's not too bad. I fancy you tonight. Mm. Charles McCleary has sent it to fulltime at Clyde1.com. He's looking for seven old firm players who've scored European hat tricks since 1983. There is no real significance for 83 That's just where I decided to cut it off So seven old firm Larson. players Who've scored European hat-tricks Since 1983 Henrik Larson. Yes uh, Bonus points if you can tell me Who they were against oh. You will never get Who they were against So Right you've got to go for the big hitters So after Henrik Larson was against Suduva if, if you care mm. After Henrik you got to go John Harrison No Chris Sutton No McCoist Yes Super Alley Nacho Novo Nope I'll Take Prusso. one more guess each Dado Prusso Nope 
Oh, I know he scored uh, One from you, Hugh uh, Adri Stokes No Alright, that's two of seven You can play along with us At Clyde SSB on Twitter Seven old firm players Who've scored European hat-tricks Since 1983 According to Charles McCleary If he's missed any off the list He's the one you blame 01419511025 I do want to look back At some of the weekend's Other talking points So come on Let's hear from you St Mirren fans Hamilton fans It looks like you two Are battling it out For the relegation Playoff spot at best Um and what about Partick Thistle? Nervy old times at the bottom of the championship. Let's do David and Paisley first. Oh, hi, David. Hiya. Good hi. evening. Hi, David. But by the way, before I start, I'm still waiting on that invite into the studio after having Matt Wilson a roasting a couple of weeks ago, but I've still no heard it. What one was uh, that, David? The one about the Scott Brown giving it the big I am, if you remember, right? And you, you, you felt that like, you felt that like your behaviour that night deserved an invite into the studio? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, what well, a banter. On you anyway. go, David. Um, just to echo the earlier caller's point about James Tavernay, I'm one of the few that always sticks up for James Tavernay and I echo everything the guy says. The modern day fullback nowadays isn't a fullback, they're more wing backs and how the guy's knowing they're running for the player of the year, I'll just I just do not know. But my main point is Mr Keevens, I listen to you every single time you're on this show and for years I've agreed with you with a lot of things and a lot of things I've disagreed with you. Never lost my respect for you, but I've got to be honest with you. Lately, your views on Celtic and particularly Scott Brown leave a lot to be desired. A guy came on on Friday night basically pointing out about this, that and the next thing about Scott Brown, which every single fact he pointed to was bang on and you finished off by saying, let's take each incident in isolation and one incident at a time. At that point in time, I burst out laughing and I shouted at the radio, well, somebody will be on on Monday again. Well, here we are. It's Monday night. Stonewall penalty kick for Kilmarnock. No booking. No penalty kick. What's your views on this? Because he gets away with murder. Well, first of all, first of all, (laughs) you're caught here. Because I was the one who said it was a stonewall penalty And that Scott Brown got away with it It was Alec Ray who said it wasn't So had you been listening to Saturday's programme At the time when the incident with Stephen O'Donnell occurred I said that's a penalty He's got away with one Back to you I'm not caught on anything Hugh One incident you've admitted Scott Brown thought What about the incident a couple of weeks ago In the all-fire game what about the tackle on Daniel Candace earlier in the season? What okay. about the tackle at Ross County last season? You're, talk, you're talking about a number of incidents. So one incident, you say, he got away with it. Just admit it though, David. Just admit it. You thought Hugh was going to say that that shouldn't have been a penalty, didn't you? I didn't know whether he was going to say it when he got a penalty. I just, the, the point I'm getting at is... Well, let's go back that, then to, uh, you know, when you're on the radio and, you know, you weren't in this studio, presumably because you think you're up to this game. When you're on the radio, uh, you can only deal with one thing at a time. I can't give you a blanket answer to everything. So we'll go back to the bit about Celtic Park and uh, Scott Brown's actions. Had you been listening to the programme on Friday night, you would have heard Roger Hanna and myself agree that what he did was not clever, not classy and not becoming a Celtic captain. However... The charge that was brought against them by the SFA 
about not acting in the interests of association football is a vague charge and Celtic's legal team proved just how vague that charge was because the SFA found themselves without a legal leg to stand on and so the verdict was that Scottish verdict of not proven and therefore there was no suspension. However, I go back to it, it wasn't classy, it wasn't clever, it was crass and it was unbecoming a Celtic captain. Back to you. I mean, David, he thinks that it was behaviour unbecoming of a Celtic captain and he thinks he should have given the penalty away on Saturday. He's not doing a very good job of always sticking up for Scott Brown tonight, is he? Oh, come on. Behave. We're talking about everything in general. Oh, everything else. We're talking okay. about everything in general. Now, listen, back to me. Yes, back to me. But you never once said that Scott Brown should have got banned for what he did. You said it was trash. You said it was this. You said it was that. Correct, you did say that. You're not listening. You avoided. No, you're not listening. One of the reasons why. One of the reasons why. One of the reasons why you'd be no use in here is that you do not listen. I said to you that there could be no ban because the charge is too vague in the interest of association football. What does that mean? And Celtic brought their Celtic Celtic brought their legal team and proved that the SFA could not make the charge stick, and therefore. The verdict was not proven, so the ch- the charge was insufficient to get Scott Brown a ban, and rightly so, he avoided one. And you're not listening. I'm asking you, do you think he should have been suspended? Because you've not answered that question. No, do I do you not. Think a no. simple yes or no? Yeah, no, I don't think he should have been suspended, no. No, you don't. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. So how would there be no use at the game? You've avoided answering the question the other night. You've only answered it now. No, You've I, only answered it now. I, so therefore, no, therefore you I said on Friday night. Oh, David, David, let's 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 try and clear it up a bit then. What what rule do you think he should have been charged and therefore banned under? What rule? Yep. It doesn't matter what rule. Well, it clearly does though, doesn't it? Let's let's be well, let's be honest. Provocation to visit fans. There's a rule for you. It's not a rule. <laughs> it's not a rule. How's it not? So if I did that, I was one of the 800 in that part that day, Hugh. If I did ran on and stuck the heat on Scott Brown or punched him for what he did, I would have got to jail. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's provocation. That, it's that provocation. would be you. That would be your fault for doing that, though. Obviously, I, no, but it, it's still provocation. If you go, if you go into court and say it was Scott Brown who made me do it. Once the judge stops laughing Listen, I have said to you That we have to live by the rules Whether you like them or not Whether they suit you or not And the charge of Scott Brown Not acting in the best interest of association football Was basically laughed out of court 01419511025 You two have still got a bit of work to do on the teaser uh, We're going to speak to Mark as a Celtic fan I do want to assess the picture at the bottom Because it's exciting enough that we should not be ignoring it Let's hear first of all from Oren Kearney after the weekend He says the draw against St Johnson could prove to be a massive point A spectacular equaliser from Danny Mullen for the Saints Today was, was probably even better than last week's goal And what a strike it was You need players at this day of the season who fully understand What it means in Scotland to be to be part of these games And I think Danny has those 
those experiences from the past of being a part of a, of a side that roller coastered in the championship and played in big games and big atmosphere. So I think it's important that, that you try and tap into those guys at this stage of the season. How aware are you that it's going 3-3 at Hamilton, it's going 4-3 at Fort Park and things? Do you know? Not at all, and I purposely sort of keep myself away from that. The only inclination I have is at half time, or is it halfway through the second half when the crowd make three or four cheers in a row and really get up on their feet and start going for it you have a fair idea that things are going our way in the other games so that's the only indication really that you as have. you said last week the, the, the optimistic thing from your point of view is it's still in your own hands you go to Fur Park next week and then potentially an epic game on the Monday night here yeah, against Hamilton hugely and we felt that you know ideally we wanted three points today and we make no bones about that but I think when the dust settles on this one it could be a, a massive point for us come the end of the season so many ways of looking at it Of course he's right It could be a massive point But it could also be a missed opportunity With yeah. Hamilton chucking yeah. away A two goal lead as well So What a strike Gordon eh? you, you Danny have to Mullen, say, yeah. yeah he's just caught it Absolutely sweet And uh, he's wrestled a point back in it was, uh, This could be ever so important and, But I think they've got momentum uh, At this point in time And uh, I think it will go down to the penultimate game here against uh, Hamilton at home, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, Dundee are seven points adrift of St Mirren, so I think most people have got them written off. Have lost, yeah. what is it, nine in a row? So nine you, the bounce, you can't yeah. see them, uh, you know, reversing that at the moment. Hamilton, two points above St Mirren, both played the same amount of games. The penultimate game, as Alex said, that will, I think, define the whole situation. Uh, but that's not to say that by going into the playoff place that you've had it. You know, because you'll then take your chances against Dundee United mm. and whoever. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, th- but I, I just have a feeling that Hamilton, with this long-running instinct for survival that they have, will somehow hold on and avoid the playoff and certainly avoid automatic relegation because that pleasure will belong to Dundee. Any more on the teaser then? We're looking for seven old firm players who've scored European hat-tricks since 83. The likes of Henrik Larsson in the UEFA Cup uh, 2002, I think it was, against Sudova. Ali McCoist back in the, the mid-90s. Samaras? Nope. Hooper? Nope. Givars? <laughs> nope. Mark Italy? Nope. Cadetti? Chalinek? I think I should just get a, a sound effect that signifies <laughs> when you've got it wrong rather than me having to say no because I end up having to find new ways of saying no, no, not quite and so on Oof. I'll give you a clue there are not too many recent ones mm. so for, forget your hoopers and John McDonald and, yes John Solo. McDonald well done yes probably die for three of them <laughs> Now if you'd said that He'd have gotten all sorts of trouble But you get away with it Don't you Ray Let's speak to Mark and Uddingston Hi Mark Hi how you doing guys First Hi, time what, what made Hi, you okay. call tonight Mark? Um, I've been meaning to call for weeks Just to build up, build up the courage really <laughs> um, I'll tell you what it is it's just, First of all I'd like to send my condolences To the McNeil and the Chalmers family yes. uh, This bad time um, But a point basically is It's a whole debate regarding Neil Lennon I just think for A lot of my friends and, and fellow Celtic fans I think they seem to forget that this stage last season, the league wasn't won at this stage last season either. And, and Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team, with Musa Dembele, a fitly Griffiths, you know, these type of players, you know, Stuart Armstrong was still there, still stuttered over the line. Now, whether that's regarding the long season with the early start of European football, I think, you know, he's just getting a hard time. It's not his team, you know, he's, he's not um, made any signings yet, obviously. Um, when you look back to his previous. Uh, um, Times manager, mm. um, the signs he made were fantastic. You know, when Yama Supers, Ledleys, you know, 
guys like that, um, Fraser Forster. So his signing mm-hmm. policy is very good. Although that may be a lot to do with John Park. John Park mm-hmm. Let's not forget Van Dyke. So I just think this, it's just it's not his team. I think Celtic fans are too quick to jump the gun here mm-hmm. and they forget that Celtic have basically been in decline since, since the Invincible season. Now whether that's players leaving mm-hmm. or lack of, I don't know. Maybe Celtic after the first season teams, you know. Get away to kind of find out how to play against. I, I think if I had said, easier. if I had said in season number two of Brendan Rodgers and in season number three of Brendan Rodgers that Celtic were in decline, I'd have got a hard time of it. The, the, made yeah. the, the, the Rangers yeah. guy that was on last there seemed. I think civil. Mark's just talking about setting the bar so high. Ultimately, yeah, you, know, you can make See, it sound I, worse, I, can't you? Then I'm I am not making a case for Neil Lennon. And I am not making a case for anyone else. I'm giving Neil Lennon full credit for maintaining stability when the departure of Brendan Rodgers could have been uh, a moment when Celtic wobbled because yeah. of its traumatic nature. So he hasn't lost a game, therefore 10 out of 10 yeah. for stability. And that's right. And technically, Lennon's still one point ahead. Of, he's, he's, he's extended the lead. OK, the football's not been great. But I think Celtic fans forget like the Kilmarnock game where Scott Brown scores the last minute winner. Celtic have huffed and puffed all season. Uh-huh. You know, under Rodgers and, and, and last season as well. It's, it's, it's no... I think they're just short memories. I just think they need to be... You know, of all the Celtic fans I spoke to, not one can really give me a realistic name for the next manager. And that's, know, the, that's the whole point. That's the whole point, Mark. You know, Benitez and Mourinho, these are fantasy names. This is Scottish football. They can't come here and command the kind of salary. Benitez would be less fantasy than Mourinho, know, surely. But, there but, must be different yeah, levels of fantasy. But Benitez <laughs> would still say, I require, I'll pluck a figure out there, I require £60 million to. I mean, this is Scottish football. You yeah. can't just turn over that kind of money. Yeah, but the thing is, Hugh, you can't just come up and pluck a figure out because you have to look at the landscape, landscape as you said. So you look at the personnel you have. You look at what you need And then you obviously say This is your budget you, And then you decide Whether that's a job You don't come up and go Blow yourself out of the water Right away Because see 60 million quid I don't even think you spent that This year at Newcastle In and, and that kind of level In the, the nicest way possible It makes no real difference to me Who the next Celtic manager is But I just do have a great image Of that clip being played on the show As Rafa Benitez walks <laughs> out the tunnel At Celtic Park It would be a classic Hugh Keevans moment Anyway you two have got One, two, yes. three, four Five more to get Five more old firm players Who've scored European hat-tricks Since 83 oh, yeah. well, Larson, McCoy's to McDonald oh, sorry. Get Four, to, four get. to get We'll get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here They're tackling tonight's full-time teaser Sent in by Charles McCleary I always blame the mistakes In the teaser on The person that sends it in Now there are actually eight And not because we missed one out Not at all Just because mm. I counted them wrong right. So I don't okay. mind holding my hands up And admitting that We're looking for eight Old firm players Who've scored European hat-tricks Since 1983 Like I say Sometimes we, we forget about one And then we panic But I, I genuinely I just counted them up wrong So eight old firm players Who've scored European hat-tricks Since 83 You've got Larson, McDonald And McCoist I've got one for you Go and for it And you can call me in the mobile On the way home And thank me for remembering this Mark Burchill Mark Burchill Back in the 2000-2001 UEFA Cup 7-0 victory for Celtic Burchill got the three goals Yes I'm going to go for Andy Walker Nope Mark uh, McGee Nope 
Jackie Jackanovsky. Yes, four goals it was against wow. uh, Partizan, wasn't it? You've, oh, I don't mind giving you a bit of a clue here. You've now got all the Celtic ones, right? So you're looking for three more Rangers players, eight in total. My apologies for getting it wrong earlier. Eight old firm players who Love, scored European hat tricks since '83. No, the next clue you need. Barry Ferguson. The next clue you need is that they're considerably before guys like Love and Krantz and mm. Ferguson. Okay. Okay. Bobby Russell. No Alright let's hear from Gary Caldwell Another big big day At the bottom of the championship On Saturday wasn't it He says the players chose Not to do the simple things Losing to air uh, He can't understand why it's happened And says it was frustrating to watch Excellent start Excellent 15 minutes Done exactly what we said To do Got in front And as a team we chose Not to play We chose not to run We chose not to do simple things And I just said to the players When you do that in football You'll lose uh, We have a week to learn from it, we have a week, take responsibility as football players and go into a very, very difficult game. I've just said I played one as a player uh, last day of the season. Ryan's been involved in one as a manager and, and we know how difficult it is, but uh, we will regroup on Monday and we will prepare the players to be ready for that challenge. But I just said you've threw a, a massive opportunity away today. I don't have words, I don't have reasons to describe it right now. I don't think I ever will, to be honest. It's very frustrating. Uh, but like I said to the players, they, they have to find that responsibility as individuals. There was nothing in the game tactically, there was nothing in the game that Air could, could hurt us with, like the first 15 minutes showed. Mm-hmm. But when you step off the game, when you don't do the right things, you're not going to win. And, and the players have to understand that and, and be ready for next Saturday. Got a Partick Thistle fan on the phone, Ian's in Bears Den. Hi, Ian. Hi there. Um, I, I, I was laugh, almost laughing listening to that Gary Cole interview there. The fact that he said that they were okay for 15 minutes and then they chose not to play. What did he say to them at half time? Really, at beggar's belief. He was brought in there with uh, the remit to get this one to the playoffs. He's one game away from doing that, but maybe they should have explained to him it was a playoff for promotion and not relegation that he was to get them in because he's made a pig's ear of it as far as I'm concerned. Even if he keeps him up, I don't think he's done enough to merit keeping the job either. Well, I listen to him uh, like yourself, Ian, sometimes with incredulity and other times you think, is he trying to drag a performance out of them by by not sparing their feelings? Uh, because he knows that everything's about Palmerston uh, at the weekend. Uh, you're right, no Jags fan expected it to be this bad again. After relegation from the Premiership And he talks an optimistic game For a man who witnesses so many pessimistic things At Partick Thistle However If he survives Ian Then you have to go with him Thereafter And if he doesn't hit the ground running next season Then he's in trouble But Would you agree that survival is all And then you can Talk about it later even if he survived, okay, well, we end up second or third bottom of the league. He doesn't have anything to show that he's going to do anything decent next season. Some of the guys he's signed are in loan. Some of the guys he's been signed are, are, are over the hill, in my opinion. Um, and if you give him next season and let him start off again, and he doesn't start off well, we're going to be back where we were again at the start of this season. Ian, prior to the game at the weekend, I heard a clip played by Gary Caldwell and he was saying if they had from January onwards they would be fourth uh, in the in the league with the points they'd taken and effectively bringing in his own players around about the January time so 
you know, it may well bode well in, in terms of what he can do given a summer, a pre-season, you know, not shifting lots of players on. And because the practical problem is when he came in in October, the place was all over, the, you know, all over the place. And he's had to try and get players, try and get a tune out with these guys and then shift them all on. So it's not, the circumstances haven't been great. But at the same token, you know, we all agree that he has to do better uh, as well. But, you know, there's evidence mm. to suggest that he's actually done all right that since January. I wouldn't say all right. He's done slightly better, but marginally better than what Al Archibald done. And he brought in a lot of players and he shipped out the likes of Erskine and other players who, in a lot of people's opinion, was a bad idea. Mm. Um, I don't really see how he can say that they were playing okay for 15 minutes and then they lost their way. What did he say to them at half time? Well, clearly not enough because he said that also that he could give no reasons for what happened. Well, if you're the manager, you really should be in a position to give reasons for what happened. Uh, Ian, just how big is the game on Saturday then away at Queen of the South? Uh, it's just a huge game. And Queen of the South are one of these teams who have always managed to get themselves out of trouble when they have to. I don't know whether Dobie will be fitting Saturday or not. I sincerely hope not. But if he is, uh, and the way Allah have been playing, they were unlucky to lose at the weekend. They've been playing pretty well. I fancy them to pick up three points on Saturday as well. Mm, this doesn't keep anyone warm. It doesn't make any difference because the league table, you know, it's the oldest saying and the yes. most accurate one. It, it does not lie. No. But incredible to think that very, very possibly Falkirk could finish bottom and Partick Thistle in the relegation yeah. playoff. You talk about the size of the clubs, where they've been in recent years. Partick Thistle, they don't need me to remind them of just coming down from the Premiership. Falkirk missed out in the Premiership playoffs not Shine too long ago oh, down, down at Rugby by Park. And, by and large, you know, there, there are twists and turns of fate. However, you tend to get what you deserve. Well, that's what I said. I mean, it doesn't lie. I know that that doesn't really matter, but yeah. when you. That would underline Alloa's achievement even more if they could stay up. You, you compare know, the size of the club. See, see with the goal difference, the permutations with Alloa dropping into ninth place, Gordon. If they lose at the weekend and Falkirk win, you know, which is obviously a big if, but they're they still, still, they're still yeah. very much yeah. in the mix. And I think that's a great thing about it. It's going to the wire. All right, thank you to Ian and Bears Den. Three more on the teaser. All Rangers players, what have you got for me? Not what, a lot, by the sounds of it. <laughs> Blank stairs, that's what we've got for you. Um... Right, goal scorers. Think it. You've mentioned McCoist. Hately. Nope, you've already you mentioned that, him. Yeah. Who else would have been round about that same. Morris Johnson? Yes. Oh. Against Valletta in 1991 season. He got a hat trick in that one. Um, one of the other ones you're looking for is actually against the same opposition, but back in 83 84. Mike Swiggin? Nope. 83 84. The other team you need to bear in mind with this guy is Hearts. Um, Dave McPherson Dave McPherson On the list for four goals in one game I'm assuming it's the same one uh, And the, uh, the last one Here's a clue I'll give you His Family member Has been on social media today Enjoying himself Chalmers. quite a lot After a promotion push for his current team Robert Fleck Robert Fleck I don't know if you've seen the video of still out, John apparently. enjoying himself Please drink responsibly uh, That was Alex Ray Joined by Hugh Keevans Thank you to those two And big thanks for all your calls and tweets Stay where you are Because Callum Gallagher's up next Joined by Mark Ronson And your chance to win VIP tickets to transmit Wow 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.